This is Brian Q. Miller, and you're listening to Across the Airwaves. Meanwhile, at the DC Nation, we are tonight's entertainment. Here on the world, freezes in the None of the Robins ever complained. You're going to melt just like a green sandwich. And show you just how powerful I really am. Always hold on to small things. I know we should escape recycling. Those are worse evils might be where my power green lantern lies. But let the universe howl in despair for I have returned. We have no more use for this one. Kill him. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Across the Airways DC Nation podcast. The only place so far on the internet to find podcast reviews to Cartoon Network's popular Saturday morning programming block entitled DC Nation, which currently features episodes of Green Lantern, the animated series, and Young Justice, as well as various DC Comics animated shorts. I'm, of course, Dan Schmidt, your host, and with me is the most infamous cover across the airwaves core, ATA's Retro Review's very own Michael J. Petty. Can Michael tell everybody what we're doing this week? We're obviously continuing our summer comic book discussion series uh, because Green Lantern and Young Justice are still on hiatus. But why don't you take it away with what New 52 titles we are covering today? Thank you, Dan. Well, first of all, I I think we're getting way too used to covering comics, but that's just yes. <laughs> we we need more TV episodes. Well, we may get to mix it up with the Robot Chicken episode coming soon. Yes. Yes. Which, what is that? September 9th at midnight yes. that airs? Yes. Yes. And that is on Adult Swim, which is the same channel as Cartoon Network. So it'll be Robot Chicken. So actually, it ties in real well if it's Cartoon Network's channel. So Yes. But anyway, the titles we are covering today are Volume 4 of The Flash. That's the current New 52 one written by Francis Manupal. Yeah. And... Volume 6 of Supergirl, which is the current New 52 series, written by Michael Green. And after those issues, uh, well, after we covered the overarching stories, issues 1 through 12 of Flash and, and the annual, and just 1 through 12 of Supergirl, as the annual is not out yet. Yes. After that, we will be covering Chapter 15 of Smallville Season 11, or Detective Part 3, which will be the last part until the print next week, and then after that, It'll start back up again digitally. So next yes. and next week we're talking to Brian, so it works out fine. Right, exciting. Then that'll fix things up as well with our comic book reviews. Yeah, we might just have to do a Brian episode. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool with me. So that that's game. I think that'll fix things up enough for everybody. But uh, first off, just in case you need to know, the artist information will also be available when you click the links. To our discussions, God, Supergirl and Flash. Um, I was watching this Stan Lee documentary that's available on Netflix now, and it just kind of told me about the importance of giddy, giving credit to the artists. So I just want to make sure that if you don't know who the artists are, we're giving you credit by asking you guys all to click the links provided in our ACC feed if you're listening to the Enhanced Podcast. Yes. <laughs> So with that, let's take it away with talking about the Flash comics. And now, the Flash comics. Michael, was there a summary you wanted to read or anything? Or 
Um, I actually don't have a summary. Basically, okay. basically, it takes place at on the New Fifty Two Earth. Right. So after Flashpoint, after Flash has rearranged the time stream, and it does take place in present day. So it isn't five years previous like uh, Action right. Comics was, like Justice League was. It's actually in the present, a lot like Batman and Green Lantern. And it's a restart. It's not a continuation like the Green Lantern comics we talked about last Correct. time. L- Correct. Like, there are big changes. Like, Wally West doesn't exist at this point. Bart yes. Allen wasn't Impulse. Uh, Barry Allen never met Jay Garrick because Jay Garrick exists on the Earth 2 comic. And, of course, the biggest change and the one I am least fond of, besides Wally West not existing, is Iris West not being married to Barry Allen anymore. But the good news is it seems like it's going back that direction for Wally, I mean, for Barry to get with Iris. Yes, which would introduce Wally as well at some point. Yes, because uh, the way, because it starts out with Barry having a different girlfriend, and um, that relationship kind of doesn't work out. As of what was it issue? Was it eight or nine? It was one of those because everyone thinks Barry is dead. Right. Because yeah. Well, and then there was a point where. Barry was going to tell her his identity, and that didn't work out because, no, because she, hates, she the hates the Flash. Because she thinks the Flash made Barry disappear. Yes, which is not true because Barry is the Flash. And now that person you said her name right, Patty Spivet. Patty Spivet, yes. She actually existed pre-Flashpoint as well. Because she works in the crime lab with Barry. Hmm. Yes. And she did as well back then, too. She was referred okay. to as Pam back then, though. Okay. So, Mix that know. up. Yeah. But um, this Flash series is actually very different than Flash series we've seen before. Like, the Flash we've seen before, yeah. it's been almost more, I don't want to say continuous, but in some ways it kind of is. And since this is a new take on the Flash mythology, I mean, obviously things are going to be different. Like, first of all, the rogues have their superpowers. Mirror Master is actually trapped in a mirror dimension yes. and has infinite power there. Captain Cold, he can make Flash slow down when he's around him and can generate ice. A lot like Mr. Freeze from yes. the Batman series back when that was on Kids WB could. Um, also, Heat Wave. Or kind of like Icicle. Or like Icicle, in yeah. In a way, too, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And um, there's also Heatwave, who actually now can, well, it's kind of burning up. Like, his whole body is kind of burned, kind of yeah. Darth Vader style. And then there's Weatherwick. Or Weather Lex Wiz- Vader. For small or, Lex Vader. or Lex Vader, yeah. yes. But, um, yeah, and then there's Weather Wizard as well, who can control the weather now. He doesn't need the wand anymore, although he still uses it for sentimental reasons, which I can understand, but, you know. But that also uh, come with effects on his emotions. Yes. He basically has to kind of go into his darkest depths of his psyche to create a storm or violent weather. And it kind of scares him a little bit. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of almost like alphas in some way. Because with alphas, they always have a side effect. And there's always something yeah. that they're trying to prevent while using their abilities, like, and this is kind of going in depth for the people who don't watch it, but 
neat like Ana when she did it, she kind of lost control of her powers and thought what she was telling people to do was reality and kind of got yeah. really weird. And with Bill, obviously the heart stuff and the autism for Gary. And it's kind of like that with the rogues as well in some way. Well, they're kind of like Spider-Man villains a little more so. You sympathize mm-hmm. with them. Like you feel bad for Mirror Master that he's trapped inside Mirror World now. Yeah. Like that kind of stinks. Kind of feel worse for Captain Cold though because he he literally got the cold shoulder from everyone. Yeah. Well, and Captain Cold has maintained his sense of honor. He lost it at a, at a point. Yeah. But Flash helped him get it back. Yeah. But but uh, he you know he's still wants to follow the Rogues' rules, and the Rogues are angry about how they've been transformed because Cold convinced them to do that. And they're now kind of vengeful and want to throw the rules out the window. But they still kind of did it. So it's still their yeah. fault. Right, because they could have said no. Right. But they didn't. And, again, Michael and I were very opposed at first to the rogue's decision to do this. We didn't like the idea of them having natural abilities. But when we realized it was their decision and Captain Cold did it for the same reason he always tries to come up with hair braid schemes, which is to top the flash and get a big score, get made sets. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's tried so many things to stop the flash. It makes sense that it goes here. Absolutely. The story's and... evolved to that point where it almost has to. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who don't um, know where that is actually in the comic, because it's not in issues 1 through 12, it's actually in Flash Annual 1, yes. which just recently came out two days ago at time of recording. So... Yeah, I, I encourage you guys to pick that up. I did pick that up, along with the Superman annual, which actually turned out pretty well. Scott Lobdell is pretty good. It it answers a lot of questions that you have about what you've been seeing mm-hmm. with Flash so far. I almost feel like that annual one should have come earlier on to explain what the heck's going on. Like around the time Batman's did with Court of Owls? Yes. Or Night of Owls, I guess it would be. Because Mr. Freeze. Like, it's Captain Cold shows up. Okay, he has powers, and then the other rogues show up, and they have powers. Okay, we're not really sure why. I I kind of like that they kept us in the dark for a while, because, I mean, we all knew they were going to tell us. Right. But I like that we don't know exactly what's going on in the Flash universe, because that's always something that's bothered Barry himself, is he doesn't always know what's going on. Yeah. And it's not from the standpoint that he's naive or stupid. It's from the standpoint that he can't know all the backstory because he's constantly running around trying to stop every little thing. Right. And, and again, that's what I have to say about these books. The way Francis Manipool writes it gets very fast-paced. Like mm-hmm. the personality of the story feels like the characters. And I think that's, I mean, very good. I mean, they did the same thing with Supergirl, too. In the sense of you're kind of lost throughout the story, just as Supergirl is. And kind of the same with Batman as, you know, you're trying to put pieces together like Batman was. The stories have the personality of the characters. Mm -hmm. That's what's pretty impressive about this book. The New 52 books that have been successful has done that. And now people could argue saying, well, what Francis Manifield's doing jumps around as much as the Grant Morrison stuff. I disagree with that because at least you're not jumping from like way far in the future to past 
to present to other realities to completely different characters. Well, I mean, and the thing is with the Flash book, yeah, is that whereas Grant Morrison kind of jumped around in Action Comics, yeah, the Flash is one continuous story because it's right. going it's going throughout Barry's daily life, and it's all one continual story from his point of view and now right. from ours. I think Jeff Johns did that really well in the Flash series right before the New 52, which would be Volume 3 starring Barry because he kind of did the same thing. And there was stuff with the rogues and there was stuff with Grodd, just like in these books. Yeah. And it was paced the exact same way as this, and I really enjoyed that. So it's basically like we figure out things in the comics when the Flash figures out things in the comics. And that's mm-hmm. the difference between Manipul get what Morrison was doing on the Superman books, because I know we complained a lot about that last week, is that that book, it didn't, um, we weren't finding out things when Superman was finding it out. We were finding it out when Ma- Morrison wanted to tell us. And uh, what Manipul's doing feels much more natural because we're finding it out when Wally's finding it out. I mean, Barry's Barry. finding it out. <laughs> I'm sorry, Wally West is my favorite Flash. He grew up with I grew up with him. So just, he's the volume three Flash. Yeah, it's just no, the volume two Flash. And three. And three. Get well, because of Bart. Yes. Bart was three. And then So Yeah. But anyway, Wally's my favorite one, so I'm just gonna make that mistake. So people just deal with me. We were talking about Barry though. And and might I add I Barry's growing on me. Yes, I like how he's written. He says, I grew Wally as well, but I've grown to like Barry more in some respects. He's a little less goofy than Wally. Wally but made it me makes laugh. Sense. Yeah, I agree. For someone with that kind of power to be more serious than goofy he, with it? He has Wally's heart. I uh, will give him that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just doesn't have as much of the sense of humor. But it's okay. It, it, it's good. I like him. He's yeah. a likable character. Mm-hmm. And I think for what they're doing with the rogues and stuff, you need a more serious Flash to deal with those situations. I think you're completely right. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, with that, you know, we've got a different relationship with Flash and Keystone City in this. Or the gem cities, as we'll call them. Yeah, because he patrols both. He doesn't just yes. do Central anymore. Now he does Keystone as well. So him taking care of the cities. Uh, the city loved him at first at the beginning. And now they're kind of hating him because of a freak accident that wasn't his fault. Well, yeah. Do we want to talk about that first story arc? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I was going to go into. Where basically, you know, an old friend of the Flash shows up in one of his, I, I guess, vigilante runs. He thinks that he killed him. Yeah, that was not the case. He was already dying, and it turns out that he's got this friend of him that can basically clone himself. Well, he can't clone himself, but, like, they make clones of him. They make clones of him. He can regenerate, which is how he survived. Yes. So kind of think that that, um, Ian character from Smallville, played by Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Yeah, kind of. Who could regenerate, yeah. Kind of like that. So the Flash deals with that, and during that, there's, like, an EMP that goes off. That shuts out all the power in the city. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of not cool because everyone blames <laughs> it on the Flash. Obviously because of his lightning bolt. 
Yeah, but it's that because of the it's that because of the flash, just because of this guy Tempest, who basically was trapped within the Speed Force to try to get out. But was flash it Tempest saw... or Turbine? Cody Turbine. I think his name's Turbine. Yeah, Turbine. So he's this guy that's been tra- uh, he's a fighter pilot that flew his plane into the Speed Force. He's been trapped there since World War II. So he's trying to get out. How he flew into the Speed Force is kind of... Like, how would one do that? Like, are you going so fast or what? Yeah, I guess so. But, like, fighters today go a lot faster than... Well, it made it seem like that they chose people. Okay. That it was like the Lightning chose people. So he was, like, one of their attempts. I feel like what Manipul set up with this, especially with bringing in the gorillas and stuff, is that it was almost like the lightning is like the guardians. Like they tried different things to act as the, the I guess, the balance of reality. Okay. Or the gardening of reality. So first they tried the apes by blasting them with lightning and making them smart. And then Grodd screwed that up. So then they went... To this fighter pilot, got the fighter pilot got himself trapped in the speed force, get went crazy, and then they went with uh, Barry, who works. Okay, well, okay, so then Bart, okay, this is where I'm confused because we read, you and I have both read enough of Teen Titans to know about Bart. Yes. How does Bart fit in? Because they haven't really explained that. I and, and what I think he is. Is I think he's the future. So he is from the future still. Oh, yeah, I, I think he's from the future. So there's no possibility of he, him being like a clone or something. I th- I think it's passed down to him. Okay. That's my guess. I could be wrong though. Okay. Because that that was confusing me when reading Flash and then reading Teen Titan stuff. They need to explain all that very soon. I'm hoping that's the next story arc. Will they do that maybe in Teen Titan Zero? Or what? That's a possibility. Do you know what Flash Zero is about? Um, let me look it up. I think um, it's a the, secret origin. So maybe that will explain some of it. I think it is. I think you're right. Okay, there's Flash Zero, and then there's Teen Titan Zero, which both come out the same week. Yeah, origin of the Flash for Flash Zero. The loss of his mother puts Barry on the road to becoming a hero, but only when he gains powers will he understand his most important lesson, or her most important lesson. And then Teen Titan Zero is focusing more on Tim Drake. Okay. And then Skitter and Bunker as well, so no, no Bart in that one. Okay. Which yeah. is kind of stupid, but... Now, what is the, that professor guy's role in all this? That basically stole the P- Flash's power by having him run on the new version of the cros- Cosmic Treadmill to get his power and then keep transforming the rogues into metahumans. I'm, see, I'm not exactly sure. Is he, is he Zoom? I think he... Uh... No, I don't. Uh, or, or, professor. The only Zoom? reason the only reason I have a problem with that is because of Flashpoint and yeah. Birth. 
because it doesn't make it feel that way. But if this guy did travel from the 25th century and come back and start a new life, it's possible. Yeah. Because just him messing with the rogues and stuff. Because we know the rogues don't like uh, Professor Zoom. No, they don't. Or Zoom. They have some issues. Just a little bit. Yeah. So maybe this will explain the new 52 version of those issues. But isn't Zoom... Isn't Zoom Wally's Reverse Flash and Reverse Flash is Barry? Yeah, something like that. Because they're like... Because there are four. There's the rival, which is Jay Garrick. There's Reverse yeah. Flash. There's Zoom, and then there's Inertia. And then, and then the other thing is, the Pied Piper has shown up in this storyline. And I like him. Yeah, but has he like? Wh- how did his redemption happen? Or are we just going with the same concept that causes redemption before? Because Wally caused his redemption. It sounds like in this universe that Pied Piper was never really a bad guy. Okay. That he was more of a vigilante and he kind of stopped. That's almost how it sounds. Because he fell in love with the police commissioner. Yeah. Which is kind of odd, but okay. I don't know. (laughs) He just seems like too tough of a guy to have a, you know... Yeah, I know. A relationship like that. I, I, I don't know. Whatever. We'll let them deal with that. Yeah, so I mean, great comic. Definitely worth reading. Was there any more else you wanted to go into with it? I'm trying to think. I don't know. I mean, well, I guess we should talk about what's coming. Or what we see at the end of Annual 1. Well, yeah, well, I guess what we see at the end of Annual 1 is the apes showing up in, uh, well, Central, is it Central City that they're in at this point? I think it is. I think it is. They show up in Central City, and they're ready to take it over. And this is just after, um, basically, Captain Cold knocked out the Flash and reunited the rogues. So now the rogues are like, oh crap, we need to wake the Flash up. Because we just shot ourselves over the foot. Because mm-hmm. we can't stop Grad by ourselves. So now are we going to get rogue, rogues of the Flash versus Grad? That would be awesome. Because Grad is a lot more violent. Grad, Grad wants to eat people's brains. Yeah. He's, He's a little crazy. Yeah, they kind of amped him up a lot. It's okay, though. Well, yeah. Because I don't think anyone took Grodd seriously after Gum, and this is the only mistake those writers have made, goes after uh, Justice League Unlimited pulled that stunt where he wanted to turn everyone into apes. I demand to know what is going on. (laughs) That was really dumb. So... I think people did take Grodd very seriously after that. He, I des- don't know. he deserved to get sucked out of an airlock after pulling that one. That was funny, though. Grodd getting sucked out of the airlock? Yeah. Yes. Well played, Lex Luthor. Well played. 
So, I mean, I don't know. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Uh, not really. I mean, I mean, it's a it's a rock solid comic. I thought we were going to have more discrepancies about it. I did, we but did. we re- we really just kind of agreed on everything because I mean, it really is that solid of a book. It's kind of like yeah. Batman in that sense. I mean, Batman we had more to talk about because we were covering Court of Owls and Night of Owls and all that, and that's a yeah. lot different. But the only big major things in this Flash book that are different are the rogues with powers. Grodd's kind of personality change and Iris not being married to Barry. But all of that we kind of went over. And again, I thought the jumping around was going to be an issue we were going to talk about. But as I got to reading the books and started reading them together, I realized they were more just following Flash's... The the book was taking on the persona of the character in terms of the storytelling. So that was interesting. Mm -hmm. So with Flash, I would suggest reading it all together. Yes. I just think it's easier to follow. So like wait and collect like maybe two, maybe three issues. I think the first graphic novel is out, which collects one through six, I think. That's a good read then. I'm pretty sure that's out. I would say wait for trades. I think this is a better read than the trades. To be honest, that's how I feel about the Green Lantern series as well. Yeah. This one that's more so, though, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And, guys, if you haven't read Flashpoint, which basically is the reason why the New 52 exists, read it not just to find out what the New 52 is and why, but I think you guys should read it because it's a great Flash story. Yes. And if you really want to get into the personality and the heart of Barry Allen, that's probably one of the best stories. If not that, read The Flash Rebirth. But if you're just getting into comics and you haven't been in it before, you might not want to read that because it'll get you a little bit confused for this. Yeah, but I think it explains why Barry and Iris aren't together in this universe a little bit. What, Flashpoint? Yeah. Well, I'm not saying don't read Flashpoint because you might get confused. I'm saying don't read Rebirth. Because I I feel like them, Barry, not making their date the night he becomes Flash— like, that choice is what created the New 52 universe. But didn't they do that in the original universe, too? Yeah, I don't. It's confusing. We'll make people sad, hurt. Let's just move on. I'm Supergirl, and I'm here to save the world. But I want to know who's going to save me. So you want to start things off with Supergirl? Sure. Supergirl is... Hmm, how am I going to say this? Supergirl is obviously the New 52 version, Volume 6. Started from scratch. After Flashpoint. Starting from scratch, yes. Again. Everything that existed before, like Superman, Batman, Supergirl, or if you watch the animated movie, Superman, Batman, Apocalypse, is no longer in continuity. But it's a very good comic, so read it. Yes, it's a very good don't, story. Don't about drop the comic, because it's fun. Well, actually, they canceled Superman, Batman, so... Right, but... But get the graphic novel. Anyway, and the movie. But, um... Yes, Supergirl is a very different comic from the rest of the New 52. But in some ways, it's similar to stuff like Batman and Flash. It's a little... It's 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 intense. It's intense. 
It is. It's emotionally intense and emotionally draining. In some ways, it really is written for teenage girls because it really is that kind of drama that they want for like CW shows and stuff like that. Yes. And I'm not going to deny that because it's true. But it's also something for hardcore comic book fans to get into because you get so emotionally invested in Supergirl and her trying to actually become human in a sense without Superman. Because the Superman is so different, yeah. they cannot get along as well as they used to before because, I mean, it's just a different character, quite honestly. And we yeah. talked about that last week, and we're kind of going to go there again in a little bit. But, I mean... This is basically... This version of Supergirl is basically, you know... Can we think of someone that has the term super in their title, their superhero name? Someone that's basically has control over the whole situation you know i and i think a lot of times that the character of kara at supergirl has come to earth and everything's just come to her it's been fine it's been really simple this rendition because basically they took a girl got threw her into an environment where she doesn't know the language doesn't know anybody doesn't know who to trust yes and she's terrified Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and, and that's pretty much all there is to it. I mean, yeah. she's been manipulated already. She's been betrayed already. She's had her friends turn into enemies already. I mean, she. I mean, she's gone through a lot. And in issue two, she comes to the realization from what Superman tells her that Krypton is gone. Everyone she knows is dead. And it's now just being revealed to her. And it doesn't sit well with her. No. And in a lot of senses, it's a lot like what Smallville did in season seven with Supergirl when Kara first came to Earth. But I, I think this is even darker. Well, yeah, it's darker. It's, I mean, but it's very similar. Just, I mean, some of the stuff that goes on. Basically, I mean, the first time out. I mean, basically, from the moment she comes out of that spaceship on, someone is trying to kill her. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just nonstop. Let's chase this girl, and and I don't want it to. I don't want you guys to think that it's a danger-prone Daphne kind of situation. <laughs> you know, it's not like she's running around getting captured all the time. Only twice. Right, but I mean, she and twelve issues. She has <laughs> been put in these crazy situations, and she's been able to rise above them and get out. And she's become stronger every encounter she's had. Mm-hmm. So she's in this progress of becoming the hero she's meant to be. She just has to get there. Right. So it's the process of her just being thrown into the wild and having to grow up rather quickly. With no one to help. And the challenge of that makes the story compelling. And, I mean, I really enjoyed the arc where she got manipulated by that guy in the beginning and they had her ship and all that. Because, I mean, that was her first experience on Earth and that's how she now views humans. Yeah, basically this guy, he is a perv. Basically the way to to, um, sum it up. And he basically wants to capture Supergirl 
and poke and prod her like she's some kind of doll. Yeah. Which is just messed up. And let me just say, she gives this guy the beating of his life. Yeah. And probably will again. Yes. That's how intense it is. But But again... He comes back in 12. Right, yes, he does. But now he's a good guy? I don't know. But what's interesting is... She does get some kindness from people along the way. I don't I don't want to make this seem like the comic book is the big bad world going after Supergirl. Mm. And again, at the beginning, there's a guy who basically feels what this I think his name's Tycho. That's the millionaire that wants to basically abuse Supergirl. Okay. Um he uh one of his men thinks what he's doing is wrong. And tries to save her. And gets killed he for dies. It. Yeah, he gets killed for it. Yeah. And, and that was cool because that instilled with her in a reason that, okay, maybe these people aren't all bad. That maybe someone does need to re- protect them. So mm-hmm. I like that sacrifice. Well, and, and he's not the only one. I mean, there was also, what's her name? How do you say it? Sibylian? I can't Siobhan. say Silver Banshee. Siobhan, Silver Banshee. Yeah. Who's like a, a, a hero, I guess. Because it's universe, yeah, which is she, interesting. She really got a redesign. Kind of like Poison Ivy did in the Birds of Prey comic. I like them working together and kind of being friends. I, I like what so. they did with that. Um, I was really disappointed that they had to like write her character out of the story after the second issue they were together. Mm. But I think she'll come back around. Yeah. But what I liked about it, that issue was that story arc. A Supergirl desperately needed someone to be with her and support her and protect her. And she yeah. was willing to sacrifice that for the greater good. Mm-hmm. So, again, it makes this story go back to it's it's a woman's triumph over an unbelievable situation. Yeah. And that and that's cool. I like that idea. And it makes it different than Superman. It does. And because I mean because Superman obviously grew up on Earth. Well, and he's got this. Yeah. You know, I mean you feel like, okay, Superman's here, everything's good. With Supergirl being here, it's like Oh my God, what's going to happen to her? Where mm-hmm. are we going? What are we doing? And so it shows the, the flaws. That she doesn't die. Or the flaws and the dangers of having all that great power. Yeah. And that's what you should, the super books should be different than each other. Absolutely, they should. I mean, every issue should be a breath of fresh air when you pick it up. It shouldn't just be, oh, if this is a female version of Superman. Because it's absolutely not. No. She should have different struggles and different situations to deal with. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, I mean, because if she doesn't, then what? I mean, what's the point? It's kind of like Silver Age, where she was the exact same character, but she was right. only a quote-unquote seeker weapon. This time, I mean... There's distrust between the two, and she really doesn't like Superboy. No, and I've and I not got into all of that yet, so. And that's because of the cloning stuff that happened on Krypton. 
Yeah. But she doesn't really want to talk about it. Well, then there's weird stuff with her, like this this ability she has to absorb heat. Yeah. And release it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious if she is totally 100% human as well. You mean Kryptonian? Well, yeah, Kryptonian. Well, I mean, remember in the Superman the animated series, that Supergirl, I yeah. mean, she didn't, Kryptonite didn't affect her until she grew older. Well, you remember how they were talking about the um, the fifth chamber that the villains in the first arc were talking about? The world killers? Uh, yeah, I think so. Basically what the world killers are, um, you, if you've read the comics, you probably already know this, but basically the world killers are basically superhumans created by Kryptonian scientists. Mm-hmm. And there were four of them. And when they broke out of the lab they were in, there was a fifth chamber. And I'm curious if Kara was the fifth chamber and that they were trying to enhance her. So it could turn out to be her father, like in Smallville, was kind of like an evil guy. I don't know if he's going to be evil. I feel like he almost did it to, like, prepare her to either fight Zod... Or, you know, be one last-ditch effort to save Krypton. Or if he knew he had to send her to Earth, so he enhanced her to be prepared. Hmm. Because it, it keeps bringing up this idea, this theme in, within the comics that her father is protecting her from beyond. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So no, yeah, that does. So I feel like he did this as a way to protect her, and maybe issue zero is going to explain a lot more of this. I hope so. Yeah, because that is another origin issue. So let's I, hope so. I feel like issue zero is going to answer a lot of questions or plot holes we have so far with these DC Nation books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely different. Yep. Um, yeah, so, I mean, there's really not as much to say about these two books other than just how great they are, really. Yeah, they're a great read. Because it's kind of hard to get into the story. I mean, just great emotion channeled through these books. Yeah. As I said before, the main thing with the theme with these comics is that they reflect the persona of the characters that they're about. Um, Mm. You know, I would say that Supergirl feels like a born movie with her not knowing who to trust and constantly on the run. So you like that sort of thing, pick up Supergirl. It's worth it. Especially mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting with a female character as well. It just adds another layer of intensity. Oh and, yeah. And if you want a fast paced action story that keeps you on the go, keeps you on your toes, read the flash. Mm-hmm. It's nonstop action adventure and just a ton of fun. Yes, it is. With it's some, a very fun book. With some Spider-Man heart to it, which I like. Yes. So with that, I think it's time to move on to the big discussion that everyone anticipates every week since it's such a big deal with Batman 
entering the Smallville universe. So let's take it away with discussing uh, Smallville Season 11, Detective Chapter 3. Bruce Wayne visits Metropolis and does lunch with Lex Luthor. But Superman calls Lex away for more pressing matter. What was a just-arrested criminal doing with LexCorp technology? Dun-dun-dun! Oh, shoot, it logged me out of my comic. Hold on a minute, everybody. <laughs> Stupid thing logged me out. Spent too much time talking to you, Michael. I'm sorry. See what you did? I'm sorry. Yeah. It's all right. Regardless. Boom. So how's everyone doing? It's good. Good, good. I'm glad you guys are doing good. If you're doing bad, I'm sorry. But you must be doing good because you're listening to us talk. So. Yep. No, I'm good. I'm up. Alrighty. So, of course, we got the same cover. Batman and Nightwing on the cover. Which, to be honest, I'm kind of getting sick of only because I want Superman on the cover, too. Yeah. Batman. So, and I don't mean to complain, but anyway. I would think that's going to be the next installment. I would hope so. Because they haven't even met yet. Well. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Oh, have you not read it yet? No, I'm good. So we basically started up. I was just waiting for it to load. Um, we're basically, it's loaded now. Got in the first um, frame. Basically, it's Superman talking. And he's uh, basically making the guy apologize for attacking the school bus of kids. Yep. And getting into bed with Lex Luthor. Okay, causing trouble. Yes, both literally and... No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> and so... Yeah, Clark doesn't think their apologies good enough, but he eventually gets a good one out of them. Yep. And then Turpin's like, that good enough for you, Superman? He goes, yeah. close as you're going to get, Detective Tur- Turpin. Yeah. And I love that there's um, such good terms, especially with how season eight's episode, Bulletproof, ended between Clark and Turpin. Yeah. Even though, I mean, obviously he doesn't know Clark is Superman because it's been three years and he probably forgot. Right. But... We'll see what three years can do. Yeah. Yep. And imagine the people who went to high school with them. Right, exactly. It's okay. They don't remember anymore. It's magic. Or they could just like hang, a, hang, a, hang out around creepily in the back of your class reunion and then be like, you inspired me. And be staring at you with those big bug eyes. Yes. But you, but you inspired me to no longer be a creeper. Wait, weren't you just... No, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> and then and then Clark, you know, he gives uh, the police department their props, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And then somebody says he puts on quite a show. Get Turpin's like Superman? He's like, I think I know him from somewhere. So maybe three years he forgot. And then Bruce Wayne shows up. And who does Bruce Wayne look like to you? He looks almost like Michael Keaton in some respect. A little bit. He kind of gives a uh, early Batman the Animated Series Bruce Wayne vibe. He's Yeah, he's that bulky. Yeah. But 
but his face looks like Michael Keaton, especially his hair. Yeah. So it's Michael Keaton as Batman, or it's Bruce Wayne. Yes. He looks good. Good, so they're talking. Yeah, about Superman. About Superman, yeah. Mr. Wayne's trying to figure out about him. She's probably a little nervous about him. And then uh, Barbara's got the hots for him, as we see in the next page. Well, that that's only after Detective Sawyer calls Turpin away. Yes, right, exactly. Because, you know, slap, slap, we got to go, Turpin. Yep. So Turpin and Sawyer are on the loose, patrolling the streets, battling dark side until those Omega beams come their way. But that's not okay. happening in this universe. So, Great. And, uh, yeah. And we get Bar- some quirkiness out of Barbara, kind of like Stargirl. I, I felt Barbara also was going for the librarian look. Yeah, definitely. She, she works for the Petropolis Library or Gotham Library. From how it sounds later, it sounds like she works for something with Wayne Enterprises. Yeah. But I could be wrong. And then this is interesting. Uh, Bruce just comments on the fact that Superman is taken. And she's like, how do you know that? And he's like, there are over 40 women in that crowd. Got his eyes didn't divert once. That I love. So we got that some... is classic Batman and classic Superman. Yes. And classic Batman being a detective. So great job yeah. with his personality, Brian. Superhuman or not, he's still a man. And then she starts saying, however, and he goes, I'll stop you right there. Yes. And note that they didn't divert to any men either. That was hilarious. That's great. That's a good I will, I would have loved to see that on screen. That would have been hilarious. She's kind of got those uh, the snarky Chloe lines here. Is uh, Barbara acting as Batman's Chloe here? Well, you know, they're basically the same character. Maybe Chloe inspired him to get Barbara as a sidekick. That's very interesting. I don't know. I, I kind of want cool. Barbara and Chloe to interact. Want to see it. I want, yeah, and, Bar- and Chloe and Bruce to interact. Yeah. Because they um, know each other already. Well, Barbara, almost in this comic, acts a lot like Barbara from The Batman. Yes. That animated series, which I really enjoyed. And that's, besides Batman the animated series, that's the one I grew up with next. Yeah, and then Batman, he's not liking, or Bruce is not liking Metropolis. It's too bright for him. But he smiles and waves because it's okay. She's like, can we just change the filter in the darn camera? Just do it right. Go with the Earth 2 one. (laughs) (laughs) And then I love how uh, Barbara's like, it's okay. There's no devious shadow to be found. There's no sewers flooded with alligators, men chasing penguins, or penguins that's trying to kill. aren't overflowing with clouds who have guns in their mouths. Yeah. That was a Dark Knight reference. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved her I love her face when she goes penguins that are trying to kill. Yeah. It's hilarious. And then we got Bruce having a dilemma where he doesn't think his daylight persona is important. He says it's irresponsible. Mm-hmm. And Barbara's like, Do we really have to meet with this guy? I wouldn't want to meet with him either. No, I want not either. Not and a slime ball like Lex Luthor. And I love his comment after this. Some evils are also very necessary. 
I would imagine he's a little nervous about Lex. Can this guy come back to life? That's a little fishy. Right. And why is he riding around? Why was he riding around in semis? Yeah, why was he in semis anyway? Okay. Why did that arrow guy blow him up? <laughs> yeah. I could just see him like reading business reports. Queen stock went up today. Why is that? Oh, Lex Luthor's truck had an unfortunate accident. Oh, okay. That's not connected at all. Yes. <laughs> well, because we do know at the time of season eight, Bruce was probably already Batman. Yes. Which is cool. Okay, so we have Otis and Barbara sharing a lunch. Yep. I'd hate to be a fly on the wall for that conversation. But it's pretty dull. Mm-hmm. And I, lo I love Bruce kind of like intimidating Lex with the whole Guardian launch thing. Yeah. That's kind of funny. She's like, oh, great. You get to eat lunch with the creepy bald guy, and I'm stuck out here with the dumb moron. Mm -hmm. Go, but she then she, she kind of acts like a moron because she's like, Metropolis is the best. <laughs> I don't like her being an inept sidekick like Otis. They're not in the same category. Whatever. Apparently they are. I guess but it gave us a good laugh. Gave us a good yeah. laugh. So then, but, and then Lex starts quoting philosophies about ordering stuff from the menu. <laughs> he always has some quote about something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why would it? Like, why would it matter? Why can't he have something off the menu? Is it illegal? I want a cheeseburger. Why? Why can't I get that? Come on, Lex. Jeez. There's not a sinister motive behind my behind my menu orders. Although for Lexus, there might be. Right. So then anyway, remember All Star Superman? Yes. <laughs> so anyway, Lex and uh, Bruce are throwing quotes at each other. Classic Lex Luthor jargon. And uh, Bruce kind of dogs him about the Guardian launch, which is funny. Kind mm -hmm. I love how Lex's hand. Just like raised in the air. Just trying to save the world. It looks like a claw. I know. He's like Darth Vader. He he's like do, he's like it's Dr. Funny. Claw over there. It is, it's perfectly claw. menacing. It's like that scene in Pilot of Smallville. Mm hmm When they're fencing. And he goes yeah. like right at him with the sword. Okay, him and Bruce should be fencing yeah. here, not going to lunch. That's because we had to have Barbara have lunch with Otis. No, because we don't see people eat on Smallville. She could have been talking to Otis in the corner. It was the most highly anticipated scene of the whole comic. Barbara <laughs> meeting Otis. <laughs> Gotta do this. And we have to do this. But I, I do like when Barbara mentions that Wayne Tech is building a super collider in Antarctica. That's interesting. Oh, boy. Because we have, because we have one in... Where do we have one? In Europe. And then Fermilab, actually, around our area, Dan, has a super collider. Oh, boy. But it's underground, so. I have, people, I have a feeling people from parallel universes might want to get their hands on that. Right? Zero point energy? Oh, no. I'm kind of worried to be, Zero. like, living where we're at right now, Dan. I'm freaking out, man. Okay, so now they're talking about Colt and Cord. So we might get I, a little more Blue Beetle Michael action. Holt. 
Ted Cord. Yes. And Mr. Terrific. Because he's awesome. Yeah, Otis doesn't like his job. He's kind of complaining. But Barbara's like, God, it's pretty good. Because she gets to kick butt and fight people. <laughs> and then we get another classic Smallville Season 11 flashback. Yes. To Tess Mercer the and first to Lionel. Drawing rendition of Lionel. We have seen no, so there was a brief one in Guardian. Oh, okay. It was brief. Yes. So this and this one's kind of better anyway. It looks a lot more like the Flashpoint version of Lionel, which is kind of creepy. But well, regardless, so Lex turns down being involved in the operation. Gabriel's just like, oh, good. Don't have to deal with this psychopath. <laughs> but of course, he doesn't say that out loud. Oh, then they talk about how their families were well acquainted. So was he involved? Were the Waynes involved with Veritas? No, because he says his dad, Thomas Wayne, made sure he steered clear oh, okay. of Veritas when Lionel tried to recruit him. Okay. And it kind of shows a flashback of what looks like Thomas Wayne, Lionel Luther, and Virgil Swan. Right? Yes. I'm sure he knows about it. I'm sure he looked into it. Because it's Batman, he's paranoid. Anything oh, yeah. that's like a cult, he's going to be like, oh, I need to see this. What's with oh, Lionel's, sure. Lionel's eyes being so big here? He looks like an anime <laughs> character. He does look like an anime character. Yeah. He's just, you know, he's bright. He's ready. I like that he stirred clear of Veritas because it explains why we haven't been introduced to him earlier. That's yeah. a good idea. Because okay. he go, And then he goes, sounds like two sides of the same obsession. Yes. And then Otis's phone rings. Yes. Because I get Superman. And then Luther's like, we know. Uh-oh. And Superman's just hovering above Bruce and Lex. And Bruce is like, I'm just going to leave. <laughs> it's like, have fun. Big flying guy. that cool. This is a little bit out of my wheelhouse. I have to go rattle the cages. There's too many, there's too much kind of, uh, cage rattling going on. Need to leave. And I love how you get that shot of Lex kind of like wondering about Bruce, and then at the same time you see Superman yeah. above him doing the same. That was very cool. And then of course there's the classic Lex, Superman accusing Lex of something. He's like, "You've caught me red-handed, Superman." But this time, where at Lex Corp. I can just hear Rosenbaum playing this scene. <clears throat> just being so snooty. And Superman's just kind of there with his arms crossed. And then he uses, yeah. yep, super hearing. Yeah, Lex just keeps taunting him. It's yes. like, are you waiting just for like a sock in the face, Lex? Really? <laughs> But then we get an awesome flashback to actually Guardian where Ollie took out a bunch of thugs at the pier and it was obviously safe, yes. but we don't see that. And instead, he talks about the combined efforts were striking several companies' shipments, not just Lexus, which is where they could have gotten the technology from. Yes. 
Kenny's trying to tick up, tick off Clark quite a bit mm -hmm. by bringing up the radiation that's tracking him. Yeah. Wouldn't you? Okay. Remember how in All Star Superman, Superman has that gravity gun. Yes. Couldn't that slow down the radiation like the aging it does? Or speed it up? That's a good point. So if he had something like that, couldn't he use it on himself? Maybe that's what he does. We'll have to wait and see. It could be an idea. I could call there. So... And, that, and then they're asking who would be able to... Like repurpose the chips like those, and then Clark's yes. like, "I have someone who for the bad guys jetpacks." Yeah, and they're like, "I wonder who it could be." Guess what? It's our old pal, Toy Man, Mister Toy Man, Mister Happy. Come on, get happy. No, I'm not happy. When Toy Man comes, that means there's some kind of breakup coming. Because every episode he's in, Clark breaks up with somebody. Oh yeah, you're right. So like, oh no! I so, never thought about that. Well, he did he in Echo? No, he didn't in Echo. Ha! That's the only one. <laughs> That's the only one. It's every other episode. But Ali goes crazy and gets mad in that episode. Well, either someone's gonna go crazy. Or so someone's... Clark and Ali broke up in that episode. Oh, there you go. We want to get technical. So they put him in hyper solitary, which they should have done the first time. But okay. It takes three times. You know, it's it's got to take him to mind control people to do it. Not almost blow up an entire party full of people. And, and I love how the warden, he's like, he tried killing my men with modeling clay once, so he took that too. That's crazy. <laughs> that is, like, psychotic. Like, I knew he was a psychopath, but, I mean... And it's probably not shot. It's like a robot or something. Go of him. Well, no, because then Clark says, I melted down all the robots myself. Oh, okay. Crime Bible, Book of Blood. Doesn't that sound like something from Final <laughs> Crisis? Oh, no. Elsewhere in Striker. Stay away from Morrison stuff, Brian. Oh, no. The Crime Bible, the Book of Blood. We're done with Apocalypse. But the guy who's reading this Crime Bible that is second. Bruno Mannheim. Oh, no. And then the lights go out. Well, intergang gives Bruno Mannheim and everybody else. But then we hear screaming from Mannheim's cell after the guards leave. Boom tube? No. Light up the towers. Uh-oh. It's Batman. It's time to rattle the cages. Mm-hmm. He's one step ahead of Superman, huh? Or not? In this case, I do. I do like when Mannheim's like, "But I've changed. I've turned it all around." Don't lie to me. This he guy goes, Godfrey gave you a book. Yeah, that's Godfrey positive. Gave him the crime bible, and he's like, "Where's Joe Chell? Where is he?" Okay. So he's trying to find Joe Chell, who might have been involved. With the apocalypse and stuff. Mm. Batman's still asking questions. And then he's he yelling at him. 
You just you aren't just in charge of Inner Gang Manheim. You are Inner Gang. Yes. And so he's mad and he's ticked off and Batman's getting a little carried away with his desire for revenge. Hmm. And then Nightwing. Nightwing's like Nightwing to Batman. Uh you might want to give a heads up. And he's like Superman. He's like, oh crap. <laughs> I can't leave my own state this time. And then Superman's like, can I have a word? Batman's like, for you? And he just like charges up his gloves. Yeah, and he socks Superman in the face. Yeah. Okay, it looks like That's Red awesome. Sunlight to me. Oh, no. It's definitely Red Sunlight. He made a mistake. If it's Red Sunlight, oh, no. It's well, maybe not. If, I hope it's not. I hope it's not Red Kryptonite gloves. Well, those ones got the wrong him. color. <laughs> Red red kryptonite doesn't actually hurt him. It just True. changes him. So it wouldn't hurt him if it was red kryptonite. That's so pretty awesome. It's got to be red solar energy. But how did he get it? Who cares? He's Chloe? Batman. <laughs> because he's Batman. Okay, so now we're in for a really good comic now. Could you imagine that cliffhanger going into a commercial? That would be nuts. Everyone would cry out at once. Oh, my God. Oh, I. Hmm. Yeah. Like, Twitter would blow up. I agree. But, I mean, Batman is getting a little crazy. Yes. I mean, this is not the Batman you you and your parents know, folks. It's more like Nolan's Batman in some respects. Which is good stuff. Well, it's great stuff, absolutely. It's what I people mean, are expecting now. It's yeah. defined Batman and it's raised the bar for Batman and with the Dark Knight Rise is just coming out. It's got to be very similar. I so, ju- yeah. It'll just be interesting to see how they pull it off and beware the Batman. Yes. I which agree. I'm very excited for. Should be good stuff. Hopefully. Yes. But with that, we're kind of running low on time. So are you ready to close up the episode? Yes, I am. All right. Well, Michael, guess we're closing up the episode. Why don't you share with us what we've got going on in our next episode? Because it's a big deal. Because something you all should be excited about. Because it's going to be a little bit different from our regular summer comic book discussion, which is kind of getting a little old. So it's nice <laughs> to mix things up. It is, it is getting a little old in some respects. Absolutely. Um, however, I'm enjoying it. Only because we get to talk comics on air. I mean, this one, yes. obviously, guys, and we're sorry about this. It was a little slow. Yes. We're not going to deny it. It was kind of different. Yes. And we're sorry about that. However, hopefully you still listen to it. But regar- yes. But regardless. We'll make it up for the, you guys the next episode. Yeah. Promise. yeah. But, um, yeah. Ne- so next week, guys, what we're going to be doing is we're actually going to be commencing another interview with friend to the podcast, Brian Q. Miller, who, yes. for those of you who don't know or haven't listened to our Smallville section, is the writer of Smallville Season 11 comic. Yes. Has also written the Batgirl comic starring Stephanie Brown, which is now debunked, unfortunately, and has also written episodes of Smallville itself. So he's going to be joining us for now the second time on our show, and that's going to be very exciting because we're probably going to talk a little bit of Guardian and a little bit of what's coming down the pipeline in the future, and, of course, Detective. 
So you guys aren't going to want to miss it. It's probably only going to be an hour because he only has an hour to spare that day. Yes. But, um, yeah, so definitely tune in for that because it should be a really good episode. That should be episode, or I guess week 27, I believe. Yes. Yeah, week 27 because this is – no, 26 because this is 25. Exactly. Yes. You are correct. And also, I'd advise you guys to check out the regular ETA podcast. Uh, where we're getting back into the swing of things with covering the shows that are coming out. A part of the fall 2012 TV season. Okay, we're going to get things rolling with that this week with more coverage on Alphas as well as Warehouse 13. And we're also going to be talking about the uh, season premiere of Doctor Who. And uh, for the first time, Nico is going to be heading up that section. So uh, look forward to what he's got in store for you guys with that section. Again, he's a huge Doctor Who fan. He's really into it. Okay, he wanted to cover the section. So God, we're going to see what happens with that. Um, should be a lot of fun. Should be entertaining. And okay, we know you guys love Alphas at Warehouse by the number of listeners we got last week. So I'm sure that you guys are going to enjoy us throwing in Doctor Who with this as well. So uh, check that out. Also, you can check out the Retro Reviews podcast hosted by Michael and Wu. And uh, where's that at right now? Michael, what's the next plan for that? Well, actually, tomorrow night we're going to be recording another Retro Review, and we're actually covering two episodes of Smallville that have to do with Green Arrow for Arrow. But it's not going to be a long Bow Hunters episode. After that, we're going to start getting to just retro TV shows or whatever old shows we want to cover or review an episode of. But it's only going to be about twice a month with retro reviews because we're going to have our hands full with Longbow Hunters when that starts up. All right. And you briefly want to share with everybody Longbow Hunters is about? Sure. Longbow Hunters basically is the Arrow podcast from across the airwaves. Basically what that guy's is we're covering the CW show Arrow every week. Dan and Nico will join in us on whichever episodes they want to join us on. And, I mean, yeah, Wu and I are going to host it every week after every episode. So it's definitely something you guys should check out, especially if you're Green Arrow fans, fans of Smallville, or are just going to check out the new series because it's something new from DC. So definitely, guys, check that out um, because we already did one episode, and that's episode zero, which is basically background on the Green Arrow character in case you didn't know much about him before. So, yeah. And it was highly reviewed by Nico. So I advise you guys all to check it out because it was really a great episode. And Nico is very (laughs) strict. Yes, critical on his thoughts about things. So if he likes it, that means you will like it too. Also, if you'd like um, to contact us with any of your thoughts about any of the new 52 comic books we've discussed, um, our favorite shows that are returning, or um, anything Michael and Wu cover with their shows, um, feel free to contact us by visiting our website at www.acrosstheairways.com. And there you can email us at acrosstheairways at gmail.com. Again, that's acrosstheairways at gmail.com. You also, if you'd like, you can like us on Facebook, um, follow us on Twitter, get our Twitter page, which is Across Airwaves. There's no the on there, it's just Across Airwaves. Got also follow our circle on Google+. And through accessing our Facebook, Twitter, and Google+, um, you'll be able to see all of the movie and TV news 
that Nico finds out during the week for your viewing pleasure. And also you can stay updated on our podcast episode releases. So when we release a podcast episode, there will most likely be a post or an announcement made on all three of these uh, social networking sites. Also, if you'd like, you can leave us a crackpot theory about anything we cover through uh, calling what number, Michael? Uh, that number is one seven seven three eight zero nine three three six three. That is one seven seven three eight zero nine three three six three. And also, if you'd like, you can uh, check out our YouTube channel, which features previous promos for um, upcoming uh, TV shows and movies that are coming out within the next year, including the new James Bond film Skyfall and Man of Steel. So check that out. And Michael just posted a brand new video advertising our DC Nation show. Uh, it was really a great video. He had a great song choice that he used with it. So uh, check it out. It's a lot of fun and it'll make you uh, cry out and cheer for your favorite heroes. So definitely check out that video. It's great stuff. Also, if you don't want to go back to this podcast to listen to all the ways you can contact us, you can download our Android app by clicking the link on the right-hand side of our page. Got with that Android app, you can listen to all of our podcast episodes can access all the ways that you can contact our podcast call through your cellular phone so once again for michael's retro reviews co-host luke kim got my original across the airways co-host nico reifstack i'm dan schmidt and i'm michael j petty and until the next bc nation we'll catch you on the airways say it again michael we will catch you on the airways. See everybody. Have a great week. Be sure to join us for the Brian interview next week. It's going to be a lot of fun. See ya. We now return to our regularly scheduled program.